This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 68. I'm Ryan Wilson. And that handsome young man from the call center telemarketing job he does on the side <laughs> is Rick Spielman. Rick is actually at uh, the Buccaneers facility, and we're going to talk Monday uh, about all his travels in Florida, looking at all the Florida teams. We'll get to that in a second. But today, the With the First Pick Summer Scouting School continues, and we're talking edge rushers. Back in April, seven, seven edge rushers went in the first round. Rick, do we see seven go in the first round next April? I think it'll depend. I think it's a very deep class of what I've seen so far. Um, there's guys going to rise just like they do every year. Uh, so initially, I can see definitely five going in the first round. Yep. No, I think five sounds about right. Seven seems steep. I think we were some of us surprised that seven went uh, last April. But, uh, hey, that's what the whole college football season, the pre-draft process is all about. So we're going to check out these edge rushers today. And even talk about a couple guys that I think could find their way into the top 15, maybe even the top 10. By the way, Rick, you continue to crush me in the who has the best player comps polls running over at YouTube on at NFL on CBS. And if you want to get in on that fun, take a second, go over there and vote. Because I know we have at least one more poll comparison to do. I, I desperately need to win. I'm like the Lions midway through last season when they started one and six or something. And then they got red hot. I feel like that's going to be my turnaround uh, on these comps comparisons. And, uh, I was telling you before the show, I looked at your comps for the, the edge rushers. I think I'm going to get you uh, in this this show, number one. And number two, I think you cheated because you did a lot of Vikings comps. And that's unfair because you had 60 guys working for you to help you with those comps. It's just me throwing darts at the board. I've taken advantage of my experiences. And as they do on American Idol, vote for me. <laughs> Look at this guy, Devo. <laughs> he did a vote for me. Oh, my gosh. Clip that one. You can run it with the uh, Ryan Wilson is an awesome person clip that we like to run. Let's okay. never bring up American Idol again. <laughs> Yikes. What is going on? All right. In case you missed it, you can find the entire Summer Scouting School series in the old podcast feed from quarterbacks to running backs to wide receivers and tight ends. And last week, we covered the offensive line. So check that out. And just a reminder, excuse me, just a reminder, our summer scouting series will continue every week right up until the start of the football season. And next week, add a bonus, we're back to podcasting twice a week, each Monday and Thursday. And on Monday, as I mentioned, Rick's going to empty his traveling notebook of all the stuff he's seen at the training camps. And we'll focus on some of these rookies that we've been talking about forever and have gone from now draft picks and in some cases undrafted to having a chance to, to play on Sunday. So look for that. 
before we get going, take a quick second, please, to bang the thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. It really helps promote the pod to people who might not yet know about it. So please do that. It only takes a second, unless you're Rick, in which case it'll take you two hours. But you guys aren't Rick, so just do it. <laughs> what <laughs> and, button do I push? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, one last thing I want to talk about, Rick. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to do this yet because you've been traveling. Uh, but last week, last Friday, in fact, I talked to Matthias Stewart. As part of the St. Jude's, he somehow, quote unquote, won the opportunity to talk to me. But his donations went to St. Jude. He was an awesome dude. He loves the podcast. He loves our relationship. So he understands that it uh, that you, it's all love here. Um, Ohio State fan, which is good. Uh -huh. Browns fan, not so much. He's got some things to work on there. But uh, great dude to talk to. So uh, I think there'll be other opportunities to vote for the St. Jude's all across the CBS Sports family. So look forward to that. We'll let you know. Right. Right, as as oh, Rick yeah. Spielman's personal assistant. You know, I didn't want to bother him too much because I know he's on the road a lot this week. But his call is coming up soon. We had a winning oh. bidder um, in that auction as well. So, so Rick. nice. W without saying the amounts, did I win the bidding? The bidding? No, I didn't. Ooh, wow! You're, you're spilling secrets. You bid on yourself because you're, you're you love yourself so much. You want to talk to yourself for ten minutes, but someone beat yeah. you. Yeah, but the, whoever the my bid was I'm am putting two hundred and fifty dollars towards that bid on top. So thanks for I making me look in? bad. Just had to get that in there, didn't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think a Rick conversation with himself works perfectly well because I, I don't know anybody that laughs at himself more. <laughs> look at him, he's going crazy. <laughs> he tells a joke and he, he laughs at himself for a good thirty seconds before he picks up the conversation again. <sighs> So whoever won the uh, big congratulations to get a chance to talk to Rick, you have to pay an extra $50, $50 during the chat to quit, <laughs> make him quit telling dad jokes. So you're not done yet, but it's all going to a good cause, so it's worth it. All right, Rick, you got to hit the road because you got to go to the Miami Dolphins training camp tomorrow. Um, by the way, worth mentioning, you smoked Pete Prisco on golf on your day off, so congratulations on that. I'm sure Pete has some excuse. I look forward to hearing that as well. But we're talking edge rushers, and let's start at the top with our guy Jared Verse. Albany transfer. Uh, played at Florida State last year, followed in the footsteps of, of Jermaine Johnson, who was a first-round pick of the Jets a year before. You know Jermaine quite well from uh, growing up in Minnesota. He played with your son on that high school team that I don't think ever lost a football game. Did they lose a football game? They did. They did oh. lose one. Okay, just one. <laughs> Tough going there. Uh, and, in fact, Jermaine Johnson, quick aside here, he's been flashing the Jets camp. He had a slow start to his rookie campaign, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but he's been flashing here in year two, so that's exciting. But Jared first replaced him. And there was zero drop-off when you saw Jared first last year. Uh, he started strong, and he was absolutely dominant. Suffered a knee injury, and he was slowed by that a little, not unexpectedly. Uh, but even towards the end of the season, when he was getting closer to 100%, you could see the, the, the twitch, the explosiveness. And I thought had he come out last year, they would have had eight edge rushers go in the first round because he would have been a top-20 pick, worst case, probably higher than that. Yeah, I know, and I had uh, – when you put on that first game of the season, LSU, and you're watching Florida State and you're watching the LSU players, and then you're looking at your roster and say, who in the heck is this guy? I mean, where did he come from? And he had a dominant game against LSU in that opener. He went on. I believe he injured his knee. Uh, when he came back, I had the opportunity to see him play live versus uh, the Miami Hurricanes down – in uh, Miami uh, last year and got a chance to see his body type and everything. This is a long linear athlete, very explosive. 
Uh, I thought he played bigger than his size. I thought he played a lot stronger. Uh, he has a natural feel as an edge pass rusher. Uh, he's very athletic when he uses combination pass rush moves. Uh, anyone want to go back and look at him or look at the YouTube clip on him versus LSU? Hmm. That'll tell you who this player is. Ooh. But when I looked at him, I thought that he was a smoother athlete than when Jermaine Johnson came out. I agree with that. And just so for clarity's sake here, he's unofficially 6'3 and a half, 252 weight-wise, and 475 is what the estimated 40 time is. And you said, you know, he he looks every bit of that. He's he's well built. He looks pretty long. And that LSU game, it just takes your breath away because they could not block him. And when you see that, and then obviously the knee injury slowed him down a little bit, but we saw flashes of it again towards the end of the season. But at 100%, I mean, you're not taking him over Will Anderson, but are you thinking about Tyree Wilson versus uh, Jared Verse if they had come out together? Yeah. I mean, I thought he would have been a potential top 10 pick. Uh, mm-hmm. He came out if he had went through and everything checked out in the pre-draft process. But I still believe this guy is definitely a first rounder. And I wouldn't be surprised if he shows what he did against LSU and does that consistently through next year's uh, schedule. Uh, he will definitely be a top 10 pick. What if he does that for 10 college football games, sits out the bowl game and doesn't nope. attend? <laughs> what happens then? <laughs> Uh, he's dropping college free agent. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll get to, before we get to the comps, we'll get to the game to the cir- uh, game to circle in terms of watching Jared verse next year. You mentioned uh, you saw him play against Miami last season and you circle Miami again. Zion Nelson is an offensive lineman uh, for the hurricanes who has a ton of talent, just needs to put it together. And I think I'm, I'm assuming you're interested in that matchup. Yeah. And Zion Johnson didn't play last year. Didn't play in the game. I was at had a knee injury most of the season. So, but if he comes along, we already talked about offensive tackles. He can really, really move his draft status up from where it is right now. But I think that would be an incredible matchup to watch. Yeah, we didn't talk about Zion Nelson in the offensive tackle, offensive lineman um, pod we did last week just because he wasn't among our top five or six. Uh, I haven't watched him this summer. I watched him last year, and I had a, a, a day two-ish grade. Uh, I would like to see more from him, but the athleticism is certainly there, and, and that's certainly one of the things you look for when you're talking about offensive linemen. All right. Let's get to the segment where you just continue to crush me. Let's do pro comps. You have your guy who you drafted, Everson Griffin. Uh, we'll, we'll play the game just for, for the fun of it. Where did Ever- Everson Griffin go to college, Rick? He went to USC. All right. He was a uh, 2010 fourth-round pick, 100th overall. And, again, I'll re- revisit the comps. 6'3.5", 252 for Jared Verse. Everson was 6'4", 273. So you're off by 21 pounds there. But go ahead. No, he played at 255, 260, just so you know. How would you know that? How do you, would you have any in, inside <laughs> information? <laughs> All right, fair enough. That you, you crushed it then. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just seen the one thing that really stuck out, uh, stood out about this kid in Everson is even though they're not 6'5 or 6'6, 275 pounds, although Everson's weight was what you gave, they were so explosive out of their hips. And not only can they rush the passer, uh, but they were very stout at the point versus the run. Very instinctive football players, and the way each player's motor runs and it runs hot, both of those players ex- play extremely hard, and that's why he reminded me of Everson. 
All right, I get it, and I don't disagree with that. And of course, you, you had to one up me with the fact that he lost twenty pounds at, at his playing weight. Whatever, I guess that counts. Uh, my comp, and I, at this point, I've given up. I'm just trying to hit the hit the heights and weights, and then go from there. So uh, Jerry Hughes, who's still playing in the league, I believe. Um, where Jerry Hughes go to college? Oh uh, boy, that one that one you may have got me on. I've got to go. I had to look I, that up. I had forgotten. Yeah, I forgot because he's been in the league what 13, 14 years. Yeah, he's a horn frog. Oh, yeah. You still like you don't even remember that part. Oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> he uh, he came in at the combine at his combine in 2010, six two two fifty five. So uh, that's a little closer. In Not terms. really. <laughs> and we'll just do this. We'll do on a scale of one to ten, and be be honest. Don't just do your your knee jerk reaction. How close? What do you give the Jerry Hughes grade on a scale of one to ten for Jared Burst? I, I I respect your opinion <laughs> and all the hard work you put into it. Give so me another. I will give it a six and a half. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Like a six and a half is better than a two, which is I've gotten a lot of twos. All right. So that, that's what we did for Jared Burst there. Jerry Hughes didn't meet expectations early on. And here's the, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> Debo, what, are you, what are you laughing at? Debo did the poll. Good Lord. What a whooping. I tell you what, people, I need you to go vote on these polls. Find the, the one you don't want to vote for and vote for that one because clearly that's the one that I've been – so Everson Griffin got two-thirds of the vote. We had more than 400 people voting this thing. Jerry Hughes got one-third. It is an abs- that's, a, that's the worst whooping yet, right, Debo? Yeah. Um, Ryan, you got you to gotta pick higher-profile players. Even if you don't agree – I think you're right. Comp, it, it puts you in a better position with these polls. Like just, just say Miles Garrett. And no, you know what you, you know what right. would put him in a better position. What if if he just said other? So other. I'll play a player, and then he just uses other, and then maybe he'll have a better chance. I know. I'll take the field. What? A, God, this is getting. How's this getting worse? All right. That's that's the great news is we only have one poll for this show, so I can't. I, I don't want to worry about the other ones. All right, let's get to um, a guy that I know you and I both like, and uh, you know him from your time, time in Alabama, and you'll get a chance to, to talk him up this fall as well. Dallas Turner, who at times was overshadowed, I think it's fair to say that because of Will Anderson. And the first question I'll ask you is this: When you watch him play one on one, he's a problem, and he plays much bigger than his size. A good and, problem. A great problem. That's right. And he's unofficially 6'4", 240. He's listed as a 4'5", 2-ish guy. All those numbers check out to me, but I think he plays bigger, bigger than 240 in terms of his explosiveness and, and how strong he is and how twitched up he is. But when you're – I know you evaluate the tape, but when you're thinking about next level, he had the opportunity to play opposite Will Anderson. How does that affect the evaluation if it does at all? It doesn't because you're still watching him one-on-one and you get to see him go against uh, Darnell Wright, who was the right offensive tackle out of Tennessee last year um, that went in the first round of the Chicago Bears. So when you're watching the tape, I understand. I don't think college offenses are as sophisticated as making sure that they get chip help there on this guy. And so let's say they wanted to really focus and chip help on Will Anderson all the time. That's going to leave Dallas Turner wide open coming off the edge. So I don't see that happening, at least in the tapes I watched. It'll be interesting to see now that he's the guy and he doesn't have uh, Will Anderson on the opposite side of him, but I'm sure they have another dude coming up. Braswell. I think Chris Braswell is yeah. the other guy who's going to get an opportunity. So it's not like Alabama is going to run out of pass rushers. So <laughs> right. they usually right. have another one waiting in the wings to, it's kind of like the star Wars stormtrooper mover. You wipe out the first thousand, 
there's 10 more thousand behind them that look exactly the same and are just as effective. So, Debo, we've gotten a, an American Idol reference and a Star Wars Stormtrooper reference. <laughs> Rick is on a on one here. I love it. So, Dallas Turner feels like he has a chance. There's a ton, ton of room for improvement, number one. He is only 20 and a half. Like, his, his birthday is in February, so he won't be 21 until after the college football season. And what you notice about him, first off, is his motor. Second off is his ability to, to win at the point, even though he's, quote-unquote, 240. Is he stronger than Will Anderson consistently coming off the ball or no? Because they're about the same size. No, Will Anderson was bigger and thicker through his lower okay. than, uh, than uh, Dallas Turner. So, But this kid is just as explosive as a pass rusher to me. Um, the thing is that this kid's maybe 15 pounds lighter. Uh, I still think that he's still a young pup, that his body will physically mature uh, as he continues to uh, age. And but there's no question about this kid's motor, how hard he plays, his ability to rush the passer off the edge. I think when you see him drop in coverage at times, he's probably a smoother athlete in coverage than Will Anderson was. Yep. Uh, and for a guy that is under 250 pounds, he does play with leverage and he has exceptional strength for being a lean, wiry type uh, build. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, again, and, and this is absolutely right, in terms of games to watch, practice. That's what you need to see. You need to see practice because uh, that's we talked about J.C. Latham on the Offensive Tackles podcast. Those two going up against each other will certainly help uh, both players and, and the team as they prepare for the SEC. And we both agree that he is our number two edge rusher in a first-round pick, right? Yes, no question. I think – so your comp is one that I thought about, but it felt too obvious. I wanted to mix it up. Uh, probably helped me lose another poll had Debo put one up, but you went with Hassan Reddick, which makes a ton of sense. I'll just mention quickly again, uh, Dallas is listed at 6'4", 240. Hassan came out of Temple at 6'1", 237. They were both 4'5", guys. Hassan officially, Dallas will find out together. But Hassan was switched up as well coming out of Temple. Yeah, and the other guy I went back and forth with, I went with Reddick because he reminded me similar of the pass rush and the effort. Uh, but the other one I almost went with, but I stuck with Reddick, was uh, Leonard Floyd when he came out of oh, Georgia? I thought you were going to say Nolan Smith because I was. I, no, he's big. He's no. bigger. He's, he's bigger. Thicker. Nolan, thicker plays better. He's a better pass rusher because Nolan was basically a, a run stopper, which is sort of a weird right. thing to say. But the but, athleticism is what I was talking about. Yeah, but Leonard Floyd was long and linear, and you know he actually has ended up having a pretty good, pretty good career. All right, let's once again. You can rank my my comp on a scale of one to ten. Honestly, you can make jokes, but just give me an honest ranking here. I went with. Bruce Irvin. Where'd Bruce Irvin go to college? West Virginia. What are you laughing at? Jeez, he didn't even hide it. <laughs> Six two two forty five. So he's a, he's a similar range. Four or five guy coming out. Uh, he's made a career out of being a long, athletic pass rusher. I think Dallas is actually more developed at this point in his career. But a, a fantastic athlete. I think you'd agree at least with that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right. You gave the Jared Verse comp, which was Jerry Hughes a six point five. What are you giving the Bruce Irvin comp for Dallas Turner? Uh, just because out of respect for you and all the hard work that you put into this, yeah. 6.5. Now, th this is the thing. <laughs> so I need we need to get a lie detector test so we can get an honest. Uh, sometimes Don't do that. Honest. Don't get the honest assessment. <laughs> it's not say. been working out very well for you. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll look at the next three guys that we're going to talk about today on the, old, uh, the Edge Rush class. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're listening to the podcast, um, just five-star rating, subscribe, and all that other stuff. But you missed the commercial that Debo just played where he's just taunting Rick. It was the Lioness on Paramount Plus, which I watched the first episode. Fantastic. So, Rick, I'll help you get that sorted, and you can watch that and enjoy it as well. Zoe Saldana from Avatar. Wonderful. So I have Paramount Plus because I officially won it on this podcast, (laughs) but I don't know how to use it. So I will call you this weekend when I get off the road. And if you could please help me punch it in on my pewter to my TV, then I will be very happy to watch the lioness because it looks like one that I would be very interested in watching. I love the special ops and all the CIA stuff. Those are my favorite movies to watch. Yeah, you would love it. And um, if you want to help Rick or help me help Rick, give us a thumbs up. That, that's That'll be your payment uh, for this podcast and, and for what I'm going to have to endure later this week when I have to walk him through, walk grandma through how to turn on the television. <laughs> All right. We've talked about Jared Verse. We've talked about Dallas Turner. And our first three uh, edge rushers, excuse me, in terms of how we have them ranked are all the same. And that is JT Tumaloao out of Ohio State, number 44 in your program, number one in your heart. I wanted to see him against Ola Fashani. So I went and watched the Penn State game. And Fashani <laughs> remains a really, really, really good football player. But there were some things to like about Tumaloa there as well. And this is sort of unfair because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the actual uh, Fashani versus Tumaloa there. This is unfair, Rick, but I, I just want to ask you it looked like Tumaloa struggled a little bit against super athletic first round type left tackles. Is that a concern or is that just a reality no. of playing in the NFL? No, it's great to watch two talented guys go at each other in a one-on-one situation or especially in the pass rush. And ever we talked about the Penn state left tackle and how special and unique he is. So when you watch these two match up against each other, I thought it was a great matchup and I thought both players uh, actually won some and lost some. So, but that's, it's great when you can find matchups uh, with two talented players like you see Penn State versus Ohio State and these two guys going at each other. Yeah, I agree. I made note of, of one time in particular where Tumaloa got the best of Fashano. It didn't happen often, but that's sort of the nature of, as you note, two fantastic players uh, going up against each other for 60 snaps a game or whatever it was and, and balling out. And again, like Dallas Turner, Tumaloa is pretty young. He is only he's, – he's four months younger than, than Dallas. He's tw- he just turned 20. Uh, back in May, so he'll be 21. He won't be 21 until next summer. And, and again, he can add more weight. He's 6'4", 271 is what he's unofficially listed that. I don't know if you want him to get any bigger than that. He looks like he fills out the uniform. It's all good weight, it looks like. He's listed as a 4'8 guy. He appears to play faster than that. Any concerns about getting bigger, lighter? No, I think teams will look at him and see how he moves. And some teams want him lighter. Some teams want him heavier. But the one thing that you can't teach that this kid has is how hard he plays and the energy and effort he plays with, not only in the run game, but in the passing game as well. And you see all the traits there to be a first round talent. You see all the traits there 
to be a very good pass rusher in this league. Again, just like all these young guys coming out, there's some technical things that he can work on. The one thing that kind of stuck out a little bit is when you go through statistically, he was probably more disruptive than productive. And I think that'll change going into this year. But uh, even if you're not getting all the sacks, I believe he ended up with three tackles for loss and two sacks. I don't know if that was his final total for the year, but it was as the games I watched. But it seems like he has a much bigger effect on the game than those numbers would indicate. No, I agree with that. And let me ask you, so the the last, the final three edge rushers drafted in the first round back in, in April, Miles Murphy went 28th to the Bengals, Nolan Smith went 30th to the Eagles, and then Felix Enrique Uzama went 31st to the Chiefs. Are you taking Tuma Loal before those three players, or does he fit in somewhere? I'm no, I, I, I'm going to take this kid above those three. I think okay. he's in a mid to lower round right now in the first, but I do think that, and I thought it was a little bit, even though we both liked Will McDonald, uh, who went to the Jets after uh, Pittsburgh jumped up and took the uh, left tackle from Georgia. Yep. But I do believe that this kid is going to climb up the draft boards just because of not only his length, his athleticism, but how hard he plays. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. So I, I agree. I think he would go before Will, Will McDonald, who went 15th overall. All right, let's go one more up. Lucas Van Ness went 13th. Are you taking Lucas Van Ness or Tuma Lowell? I'm taking, uh, boy, both of them had, were more disruptive than productive. Uh, Van Ness probably has a little bit more flexibility to slide inside. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the position flexibility uh, with, Van Ness edges him ahead a little bit, but I think this kid is a more fluid athlete. So, and I think think, he's going to be more dominant as an edge rusher than maybe Van Ness will be. That's interesting because I think I'm not sure you you remember the weights better than I do. Van Ness weighed more than 271, right? He must have. Yes, I I don't. I think yeah, because there was questions. The teams want to get him to 290, 295, or do they want him to trim down? depending on what position you wanted to play. Did you want him to play edge or did you want him to slide him in as like a five technique or a potential three technique and reduce him down inside? So I think this kid is more fluid as an edge rusher yep. than Van Ness. Van Ness gave you a little bit more multi-position flexibility. No, I agree with that. And I was just looking there against Penn State. Hey, Debo, could we start taking a chart on how many times he agrees with me? Is there... Uh, it's been a lot, hasn't it? That'll yeah. replace the uh, young man counter in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about uh, Tuomiloa is that he lined up primarily seven technique. He he had like one rapid five, uh, like four eye for a second, but that I think he dropped into coverage or something. So he feels like he's more out there trying to turn the corner than, than we saw with Van Ness, who was up and down the line and probably will do that. Uh, for Green Bay as well. All right, let's get to these things here. Uh, game to circle, Penn State. That makes sense. See a little rematch there uh, against Fashanu, who's going to be a top five pick, I believe. Top 10 worst case. And then Tumaloao, who Rick really likes as a top 15 pick. We both agree he's going to be a first rounder. Your comp, once again, you go into the old Vikings well. You had Daniil Hunter. And just to revisit here, Tumaloao is listed unofficially 6'4", 271. Daniil came out at L- of LSU at 6'5", 252. Yeah, and the reason I kind of made that comparison, they both play extremely hard. They both uh, have an effect on the quarterback. But the reason probably why Daniil slipped to us, and I don't see this kid slipping, uh, is that he was more disruptive than productive. 
So when I was trying to make comparisons, the guys in the league, I always kind of refer back to the guys we drafted, but that was the issue with the Neil. Um, as far as I think he had one and a half sacks before he came out, we fell in love with him when we went down and worked him out at LSU on their pro day. He actually ended up running in the four fives, which kind of sealed the deal for us. So we were, uh, very fortunate that Daniel last lasted to the third round and he's become a pretty good pass rusher in the league. And I see the same things in this kid that you saw on Daniel, mm. um, where I think the production is going to come. Four, five, seven. You're exactly right there. Um, what does Daniel play at these days? Do you know, he's probably in the two sixty range, okay. two sixty-five. Okay. And my comp, Bud Dupree. No face, no facial expression. That's a pretty good poker face. Six point five, six point five, six four two sixty nine. Coming out of Kentucky, ran four five six. He was a. This guy was a fantastic athlete. The athleticism is what sort of jumped off the screen at you. He was thick lower half guy. It's not a apples to apples comp, but again, I'm just I'm throwing darts at this point, trying to keep up. <laughs> uh, Bud Dupree, where, where were you on Bud Dupree? Because they both came we like the Bud Dupree. We just did, we was kind of mixed whether it was just a 34 outside linebacker yeah. or if he can put his hand in the dirt and uh, rush the passer from a three point stance. Because he came out the same year as Daniel did. Obviously, he got Daniel in the third round. Bud went to the Steelers, and I think he has signed with the Falcons. Last I heard, um, as he continues his career. All right. Let's go to number four on our list. And this is where things differ. I believe Braylon Trice out of Washington is number four on your list. Is that right, Rick? Yep. yep. And we'll both, we'll talk about him. But my number four was Debo's guy, Chop Robinson out of Penn State. I don't think you got a chance to watch him. So I'll mention him at the end. But he's a, you talk about a high motor guy. This guy puts Dallas Turner and JT Tulmelo out to shame in terms of high motor. And that's no disrespect to those guys. All right, let's talk Braylon Trice out of Washington. What is his height and weight? He is listed at 6'3", 270 unofficially, 475 unofficial 40. And what do you got on him? Because I, I had mixed feelings about him. Yeah, no, I think he has enough size and length. Again, this is another guy that really plays with a hot motor. He's going 100 miles an hour, whether it's in the run or when he's rushing the passer. I do believe he's a little stiff in his lower body, a little tight as an athlete. Um he needs to be more consistent using his hands. That's technical things that can be cleaned up with coaching. Um, he does need to come to balance a little better, and that's because of the lower body stiffness uh, where he falls off some tackles or trying to break down in space. But he gives excellent effort in pursuit. He's a power rusher off the edge. He can, clap, he can collapse a pocket with a bull rush. He had a really quick counter to the inside uh, off the bull rush. Uh I just love the effort, the disruption. I thought this guy would be first round, second round uh, talent. He reminded me a little of Jermaine Johnson, although I didn't use that as a comp. Uh, but I won't tell you to let me let me know when I'm allowed to use my comp. But he reminded me a little bit of Jermaine when he came out. But there's a good different Lord. comp I use. That's a good one. I should use that one for mine. I'll change it real quick. So it was funny. So I was watching him. And let me ask you this because he's – Listed at 270-ish, he lined up mostly wide, 7-9 to nine technique, and that allowing to get that head start gave him a, an advantage in terms of helping collapse the pocket. What do you do if you're a defensive line coach and you like this kid, but you understand that NFL teams are just going to run at him because there's the, the the B gap is so big? Is, is there something you do to fix that? How do you – do you think no, it's, him it's all schematic. It's, okay. You know, but I think this kid is strong enough um, 
that he can stack and shed at the point if you have okay. to reduce him down. Uh, okay. Because I think he has some, even though he's a little stiff through his lower body, he has some heavy hands. And I've seen him shock and shed deep offensive linemen and tight ends at the point versus the run game. I just think the one thing is when you see him have to change direction or break down at times in space, that's where you see some of the lower body stiffness. I get it. All right, fair enough. So your comp was not Jermaine Johnson, although that's a good one. Your comp was Trey Hendrickson. Where do you go to college? That's a tough one. Oh, Trey Hendrickson, uh, Florida Atlantic. Oh, that's a layup for old Rick there. <laughs> Third round pick of the Saints back in 2017. He was 6'4", 266 coming out, so that's pretty on point there. Uh, Hendrickson, a little stiff coming out, and that's sort of the comp? Yeah, just because of a little bit of lower body stiffness, but the hot motor reminded me both. Uh, very similar in the, the styles that they play. Uh, they rely on power, then a counter off the power when they're rushing the passer. And uh, Hendrickson, the more opportunities he got, because he wasn't an initial starter, but they used him in pass rush down in New Orleans, and he got better uh, as, as he went on in his NFL career, then signed that big contract with the Cincinnati Bengals and is, uh, to me, one of the top pass rushers. But because of the motor, and even though there's some lower body stiffness, you see the power and the ability to counter off that power to get to the quarterback. I buy it. My comp, Matt Judon. <sighs> Where do you go to college? Uh, Albany. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's a small school in the Northeast. No, it's uh, on, I don't think it's the Northeast. I'm not actually sure where it is. I don't think it's the Northeast. Maybe Midwest. Oh, okay. That would have been up in Michigan. I think so. Yeah. That would, uh, what's the small school in Michigan that he went to? Wayne State. Oh, that's close. I don't know where the school is. Grand Valley State. Where's Grand, Grand Valley? Valley State? Yep. Is that Michigan too? Yep. That's Michigan. Okay. All right. You were close. I'll give you, I'll give you 6.5 out of 10 for that. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> for my standards, that was awful. That... I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> Juden, 6'3, 275, coming out, ran a 473 at the old combine, fifth round pick of the Ravens. He's still playing at a high level. Uh, for the Patriots, I don't even care what you think about the comparison. I was just going with numbers. <laughs> Dude, I'm a little bit more fluid in his lower body than this kid is, just so you know. But, but so I he, can do this because I can come up with two pretty good comparisons. If you want to pick one of my two, I'll take the other one. Yeah, I should have taken Jermaine Johnson. So why did Matt Judon fall to the fifth round? Small school? Small school, uh, and he was very raw coming out. Gotcha. Um, so sometimes – I don't know if he blew away the combine numbers or how well he did in any of the postseason all-star games to really stick out, especially coming from a small school. But he's ended up being a pretty good player and had a really productive year last year for the New England Patriots. Yep, he absolutely did. All right, going to take one more quick break, come back and hit our number five guy before we get out of here talking about these edge rushers. Rick, I don't know if you're a Transformers fan, but my 11-year-old loves Transformers, and uh, that's a commercial we just watched. So, what, Can I ask you a quick can I tell a quick story before we go? Uh, who is the, the uh, is it Josh Dumerall? Dumer, the Josh Dumerall? Yeah, is that how you say it, Debo? Because I don't trust Ryan's name. Oh, I love Josh Dumerall. He's one of my favorite actors. Okay, so he was a huge Viking fan up from North Dakota. Oh, okay. He played in a charity... Uh, golf tournament uh, me and him were in the same cart and we're riding hey, around sorry to interrupt you that's a lot of handsome in one cart let me just say that <laughs> <laughs> well let me finish my story and it may not be so we pull around after nine and he you know goes in and gets some refreshments and went to the bathroom and all the girls came running up that were working a tournament and they, they go right by me 
uh, and they go, oh, Mr. Josh, do you need any sunscreen or anything like that? He goes, no, 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 I'm fine. And I'm just standing there like a piece of wood. (laughs) And I said, I have skin too. I have feelings. Maybe I do need some sunscreen. Okay, Mr. Spillman, Josh, do you need anything? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel when I'm with you on the road. Like you're the the superstar. So is he taller than you? Because he looks like he's tall. He's tall. Yeah. How was was his golf game? uh, Actually, pretty good. Very good. Is there anything, any flaws in that man's game? I mean, handsome, good golfer. Girls love him. Six yeah. four. He's six uh, four. Uh, that's an estimate. That's it. That's his uh, program number, not his combine. Yeah, number. that's not his combine number. I'm going to go six oh two four. Six two and a half. Oh, okay. You, you make him a little bit taller than you. I'll give you credit for for honesty there. All right. Well, he lives out in Los Angeles. I'm guessing. So we're going to go back. He was married to one of my favorite all time singers. Oh yeah. He was married to the, the black eyed peas. Yeah. I think they're no longer together. No, they're not. Okay. You got the, we could dig into that a little bit more. (laughs) One of his all time favorite singers. I will say for his, uh, for his, by the book is Rick seems he has a really good taste in music. He was the DJ on our, on our road trip. And I have no complaints about his selections. He had some complaints about my driving, but he complains about, He's not a great driver, it turns out, but that's a conversation for another time. God, do you, Can we I get mean, to the last guy, please? <laughs> so this guy gets to hang out with Josh Duhamel Debo. He got to go to a, a private concert with like 15 people to see Sting, right? Yes. And, I mean, and Prince. Prince and I Prince? Went, I went to see a Prince at his house in Chanhassen. You didn't tell me that. that. There's a lot of things that we'll get to know each other the more we're together. Holy uh, cow. So next year when we go on our little tour, uh, pro day tour that I will share some of those experiences, but Prince would always rehearse. He had a big studio at his house in Chanhassen, Minnesota, which was 10 minutes up the road. I got invited there one night. He invite maybe 25, 30 people and he'd put on the concert of what he was going to do uh, when he went on the road, but he wanted to rehearse. So he did that and he invited like a very small crowd to come in and, uh, and, and give him a review on uh, how he did. Devo, can you imagine getting notes as Prince from Rick Spielman about your set? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the most mind blowing thing you've ever heard Devo? Yeah. When, when was this Rick? Like what? Oh, this was back in the late nineties, maybe. Unbelievable. He's a, I didn't know he was a Vikings fan. I didn't know he was a sports fan. Who? Prince. This is when I was actually with the Detroit Lions and we were playing up there. Um, that's, a whole, that's a whole long story. It's all right. We'll save it for later. All right. That's amazing. I can't believe that happened to you. Uh, I'm jealous, but uh, I, you could stop to Joshua Mel and I'd have been jealous about that. All right. Joshua Mel presumably lives in LA. So does Leatu Latu, edge rusher at UCLA, transfer from Washington. And, you know, th- this is a recurring theme. He's uh, unofficially 6'4", 261, 465 guy, but the recurring theme is, is that these guys play with a lot of energy and um, get after it. High motor guys, guys that don't give up on plays, and that's what you want. Um, but here's my question. I mentioned he was at Washington. He actually tra- uh, retired, excuse me, uh, after the 2021 season because of, of neck and back injuries. He was later cleared clearly to, to, to play with the Bruins. How concerned are you about retiring because of a back injury? Not retiring because of a back injury. That is a concern, but the major concern is the neck. And he will get out of any player that will go to the combine next year, he will be the most scrutinized from a medical standpoint with all 
32 teams just because you do not want to screw around with your neck. And I've been around too many situations where guys have had neck injuries. Um, when I was in Detroit as a young scout, uh, Mike Utley, an offensive guard uh, for us, mm. paralyzed. Uh, my brother went through two neck surgeries. Uh, it actually fractured his neck, uh, went paralyzed, and, you know, I didn't know that. God, that he was able to uh, come back, tried to play again, which was totally, uh, as as Pete tells me, knucklehead or meathead, whatever meathead. he calls being my brother. <laughs> Meatheads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Had his neck fused together and still tried to play, uh, but that's that's what led his to his retirement. So yeah. neck injuries, what I'm saying is, those are something that NFL teams will take very, very seriously. Yep, you're right. And as I read my notes, which I should have read more closely here, he suffered a neck injury during fall practices as he was entering his sophomore year. Neck and back were concerns, but the neck is what put him on the shelf momentarily. Then, obviously, a doctor cleared him to play, and he had a really good season last year for UCLA. On the field, he he can he's, he's a fantastic football player. And, in fact, I had him as an early day two guy on the field, but the – the medical stuff will have to sort itself out, and who knows where, where they, that may mean in terms of where he gets drafted. But I thought he had day two type productivity based on what I saw. Yeah, I put him in the second, third round, and that'll all be depending on the neck. And the one thing that he has going for him is that he came back and proved that he can play a full season and his neck held up. So a lot will depend on, like I said, the MRIs and everybody and what the actual injury was, what the surgery was, if he did have surgery. But um, he has talent. The question is, will he be able to pass physicals uh, when NFL teams get their hands on him? Right, and that's a big if. You just don't know. And, you know, fingers crossed he has a great season and is healthy and, and gets drafted where he's supposed to get drafted. But uh, let's see that play out as we get through this process here. Uh, games to circle, you have USC because you're facing Caleb Williams, I would imagine, and you're going to have a lot of work cut out for you. Yeah, no, I just wanted to see because he's so athletic and uh, some of these pass rushers, it's just like when we talked about the uh, trice from Washington, when you have to chase Caleb Williams around, you can really see their speed, their athleticism. And if they're getting their hands on him, then, you know, they're going to be uh, pretty successful at the NFL level. And by the way, Latu had, I believe, two sacks last year against USC. He got after it, and um, both uh, around the corner and uh, several times through the C-gap. And Andrew Voorhees was their, was their left guard, I believe, and he's a fantastic player towards ACL in the pre-draft process, got drafted late by the Ravens. Um, but I think he had a chance to go much higher had he not gotten hurt. And Latu gave him trouble at times as well, not surprisingly, if you watch a little bit of him. All right, let's do these comps here because this comp – I don't know. This comp feels like a Ryan Wilson comp coming from you. As I mentioned, Latu was six, almost 6'5", 261. You went with Brian Burns, 6'4", 249, coming out of Florida State. And that's after he drank 14 gallons of water. He didn't weigh 249 when he played. <laughs> what, what did Bryce Young weigh? As Pete keeps arguing with me, he's not 200 pounds. Did he, did he get he, over two, He got over 200 pounds, right? 203 at the combine this year. So he's 200 pounds, official weight. Never have to step on a scale again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right, do you see Brian Burns, this guy? Because Brian Burns was just a long, like hard-to-handle guy coming off the edge. Yeah, no, the reason I went with Brian Burns is because of the athleticism as a pass rusher. Okay. I mean, this guy is very fluid in his hips. 
Uh, he knows how to dip and bend and set an offensive tackle up and use his athleticism and burst to get to the quarterback. So I saw a lot of similar traits that way. The other th reason why I threw in Brian Burns was that I thought Latou struggled versus the run. And I thought mm. Brian Burns in college struggled versus the run because when he had to take on those offensive tackles or any kind of combination block with a tackle and tight end, they had a lot of problems trying to hold the point. Um, and I saw the same thing. If you had to pick holes in this kid, it's not as much as a pass rusher as it is versus the run. And I thought there were some similarities to what I saw when Brian Burns came out of Florida State. My comp, uh, and Debo's right. I had to quit trying to figure this out. I just got to go for Miles Garrett every time or, or Reggie White. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm not even going to try to think about it. I want to Terrell. Or Lewis. other. You can use other. Other. I'll let you. <laughs> other. Other Wilson. I'll take that guy. Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, 6'5, 262 coming out. Uh, in 2022, drafted by the Rams in the third round. Uh, I thought he's a good athlete, just wasn't a finished product, but you know, 6.5 on the Rick scale. I get it. Yeah. And, that one's stretching a little bit, but I'm sorry. Uh, not even six and a half. It's the end of the podcast. So I can become a little more sarcastic. Oh, that's you being sarcastic. I like that. All right. So that's, uh, that, those are your top five. And I'll, re I'll recap quickly. Cause, um, you had Jared Burst, uh, Dallas Turner, JT Tumaloal, Braylon Trice, and, and Layatu Latu as your top five. I had, and I know you haven't had a chance to watch him yet, so we'll, we'll circle back to that during the college football season, Chop Robinson out of Penn State. I went and watched him, and I had him slid into the number four spot ahead of, ahead of uh, Braylon Trice and, and Latu there. He's another, he's built like Dallas Turner. He's 6'3", 239-ish, unofficially 472. He is a high-motor, crazy-type uh, Get after it, player. Maryland transfer went to Penn State. And uh, Debo, how'd you like Chop last year? How did you like him on tape? Oh, I loved him. I was I was impressed because I didn't watch him last year because I had no reason to, and I came away very impressed with how he played. Uh, I watched a Maryland game where he he gave Jalen Duncan some problems. Jalen Duncan is the athlete that Rick and I saw at the Senior Bowl. Um, struggled a little bit when he moved over to the right tackle during Senior Bowl practices, but he's a fantastic athlete who. Should be better at times, but I, I I thought he I think this guy has a chance to to find his way into the first round, and um, I want to double check. We mentioned Latu as a as a day two guy because of the injury, so I'll double check on that. All right, Rick, that's it. You got to hit the road, making your way down to Miami to see Tua and company. Yep, as our uh, as Debo, our boss, is continues to pound us with work during summer. Uh, our next podcast will cover two positions, I believe. Right. Defensive tackles and linebackers. Our next summer scouting series will on Thursday. Next Monday, though, we're going to do a little. Um, here's what Rick saw at training camp recap, talking about the rookies. So that's yeah. No, I'm excited to share uh, what I saw in Jacksonville and Tampa, and then tomorrow, uh, excited to see somebody. Even though they didn't have a big class, uh, you know how some of those guys are going to have to contribute. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing how you evaluate in the pre-draft process, you watch everything, you watch them work out, you see where they get drafted. Now you can actually see them at the NFL level and if you were right or wrong. And I'm going to have to say, Ryan, just ahead of schedule, some of the things that you saw may not be looking so good at these training camps as of yet, but we still have preseason. We still have special teams to evaluate when they're in preseason games, so there's always a chance. <laughs> Let me ask you quickly. You didn't answer this question when I asked it a couple months ago. At this point, there have been five to 
10 practices, depending on where you are at training camp. Are, are there any coaches and, and general managers going, uh, okay, this isn't the guy we thought he was when we drafted in a bad way? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're starting to see some of that now. But So you get 10 practices enough to know that maybe this isn't who we thought. Yeah, we, yeah. we're already having personnel meetings, and I remember doing our boards and who's, you know, you know who your probably top 40 guys are, mm-hmm. and then that 40 to 53 uh depending on how it continues to go uh you're actually already making your practice squad roster who's not going to come back uh who's going to make it at the bottom end uh you know but you still got time to go because you don't know the injuries that are going to happen any of these guys all of a sudden show up in a game Um, but you're pretty much have a pretty good sense and idea of where your roster is going to be and you have to have that done because when that 53 man cut comes and all 600 and some players come off teams rosters you have about 12 hours to decide whether you're going to claim a guy or not so uh you have to be ahead of the game right now and kind of know where you're maybe potentially looking at uh a need that you currently have on your roster and i think you said the cut down day is worse than signing undrafted free agents after the draft right hardest day of the year for because emotionally you're going through cutting your roster, which right. is an emotional thing to go through, even from uh, the front office standpoint when you're talking to these kids. Um, but then you have to get over that emotion because four hours later, you're right back in meetings uh, when that wire comes and going through the 600 and some names that are coming off. And it's like, you know, okay, shut that off, shut the emotion off. Now let's get excited to see if we can find and fill some needs. Do you think it would have been easier being a general manager like 40 years ago when there was everything seemed to be a little bit slower? Oh, my God. Yes. I, and I would have fit in because I wouldn't have to deal with all this technology that you guys are throwing on me. Yeah. Like, the, I don't know if you've seen the uh, video of Dave Gettleman using the computer like a few drafts ago. They were giving a hard time about that. Luckily, there's no video of you doing that, Rick. Not yet. All right. That's it. Rick's got to hit the road. That's it for episode 68. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the old podcast and leave us a five star review. Thanks, as always, to my guy, Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing. And thanks to all you guys for watching and listening. Have a good weekend. And remember, we'll be back here Monday for Rick's recap of Florida training camps. And we'll continue the summer scouting series next Thursday. See you guys then. Bye.